Thanks, everybody. We are back with another episode of School Podcast, and this is another part of our influencer series where we interview various influencers across the social media spectrum. And today we're going to be joined by another social media influencer. Her name is Latasha James. She is a social media manager as well as a content creator, and she also does consulting. And of course, she's an influencer. So Latasha, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what exactly it is that you do? Yeah, yeah. Thanks again for having me on the show. I'm really excited to be here. So like you said, I am a digital marketer. I own a company called James and Park, and we do social media marketing, video marketing, and influencer marketing for brands. So we help them, you know, source different influencers to work with them and help manage campaigns and things like that. And then I always kind of say that my part-time job is my personal brand, which consists of a podcast called the Freelance Friday Podcast. And then I also have a YouTube channel and do coaching and education for other entrepreneurs and influencers. Awesome. So obviously, unless there's something I don't know, they don't teach social media influencing in school. So I'm guessing you didn't major in this. What did you major and how did you get into social media influencing to begin with? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. So I actually, I double majored in film and video and political science in college, and I really wanted to work in the news. My film degree, my film and video degree was pretty diverse. Like I got tons of different experience. We did broadcasting uh, courses, and then we also had, you know, nonfiction and fiction, um, screenwriting. Like I got to get a lot of different experience in, and I did a little bit of marketing type stuff in that, um, you know, in those courses as well, some marketing type content. Um, But really, like I said, I really wanted to do the news aspect of things, but I've actually always been really shy, which people are always surprised to hear from me, but I've been really shy and it did take me some time to kind of warm up to being on camera. And so one of the things that I decided to do to help me get more comfortable in front of the camera was start a YouTube channel just to kind of practice being on camera as well as just practice learning different camera settings and, you know, different equipment and things like that. So I started my YouTube channel back in college and it just really, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it took off. Like I don't have a million subscribers. I have about 20,000 subscribers, but that's no, several years years later. That's no small number either. So that's something to be proud of. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it like quote unquote took off, but it was really fun and it was successful in my eyes. Um, so I just kind of stuck with it. And actually, it's a funny story, but my my first real like official client, um, influencer marketing client, actually found me from YouTube. So mm. um, they reached out to me, and I started freelancing for them when I was in college, and ended up working for them for three years. So <laughs> that's kind of the long and short of how I got into it. That's pretty cool. So this is an interesting and growing field. And there's a lot of things that people don't know about influencing. And there's a lot of mystery that still surrounds it. So I guess what, as an insider now, what do you know now that you wish you knew before you got started as a social media influencer? I love that question. So I mean, I think that I think everybody kind of knows, like they've heard of what an influencer is, if they've ever been on Instagram, you know, (laughs) like we've all seen 
celebrities kind of promoting products and things like that. And we're, we're used to that medium in general, just from watching TV, um, having like the celebrity endorsement and things like that. But like you said, I think there is a lot of mystery involved in like what that actually means for the brand and what that, what impact that really has, like how much does one Instagram picture really impact like an entire brand brand's bottom line. And so I guess the thing that I wish I knew before doing it is just um, a little bit more about like analytics and metrics and ROI. It's just kind of the business side of things because it, it sounds really, you know, complex, I guess, to somebody who's never um, maybe taken a business class or never kind of paid attention to some of that stuff. But it's really, that's going to be the big differentiator between you and another influencer is being able to kind of speak that language and speak to the results of your influence. That That's the thing that's going to get brands to want to work with you again. If you can really prove like, hey, I've gotten this many people to click over or here's some information about my um, audience demographics that's going to be useful to you, things like that. Um, so really just learning kind of the business side. Yeah. And so let's talk about the business side, right? So what sort of brands do you work with right now? What's your niche? Yeah. So um, so mostly what I work with, uh, the brands that I work with are primarily like tech brands and business brands. So that's kind of my niche. I My whole YouTube channel is about kind of my entrepreneurial journey. Same thing with my, my podcast. Um, it's all about freelancing. So I, I work with a lot of different, you know, website building brands, hosting brands, um, tool, you know, tools to build your business online, things like that. But then I also do work with some lifestyle brands as well. Mostly on Instagram is the more lifestyle stuff. So I've worked with brands like Tom's, Foot Locker. Uh, I live in Detroit, so I actually have worked with a lot of auto brands. <laughs> That's a big industry here. So I've worked with brands like Maven and Hyundai, Toyota, things like that. Cool. And so with regards to the entrepreneur and tech space, have you found it challenging to navigate that space as an influencer, as a woman? Absolutely. I mean, I think that, I think being in that industry in general as a woman has been a learning experience for sure. I think it's definitely an area that's primarily dominated by men. Um, but at the same time, I, I really try to look at that as a positive thing because there really aren't a lot of women doing this, which does make you different. And, you know, a lot of the times that is a good thing. You know, a lot of times brands come to me and say, oh, my gosh, like, you're young, you're a woman, you're a woman of color. Um, like, there's not a lot of people doing that. And, and that, that really makes you makes me stand out. So I try to just kind of own it. And um, there are a few women for sure, who do it super well that I really look up to. But yeah, it can be kind of a, a bit of a lonely place, I guess. Do you feel that people are hearing you when you're putting out content or just seeing you, if, if you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely know what you mean. I felt like that in the beginning, to be honest with you. So when I, I, when I first started my YouTube channel, like I said, it was in college. It was kind of just for fun. And I was doing like beauty content and just content about my life and things like that. So when I started to make the pivot to really niche down and make business content, content about my entrepreneurial journey, um, I did get a lot of that pushback. Like I either got, 
you know, just like weird comments all the time or clearly people just not resonating with my message or paying attention to it. But over time, I have definitely cultivated a community. And I don't even want to say that it's it's all women because it's not. I have a lot of men who watch my content and value my content, you know, have taken my courses, things like that. But I would say that having a large support group of other women doing the same thing that I'm doing has helped because, you know, over time they've kind of outweighed some of the the either weird or maybe um, not so nice uh, comments or, or audiences that, I, that I've had in the past. So I think that just comes with like staying true to your message, building a community, listening to your audience, and really delivering value too. I think you kind of have to prove yourself for a little bit and prove that you really do know what you're talking about, prove that you really, you know, have gotten the results that you say that you can. And, and over time, you kind of start to really resonate with people and they start to take you, take you seriously. And you definitely seem to have proven yourself. You have over 1.8 million YouTube channel views. You've got 30,000 plus total social media followers and friends. And so obviously you can deliver. What are some of your, I guess, most favorite products that you've marketed through your influencing campaign so far? Yeah, I um, I really like, like I said, um, I really like doing the auto stuff, surprisingly. So my first corporate job out of college was in the automotive industry here in Detroit. And so it, it was actually something that I surprisingly really, really loved uh, learning about cars. And so it's really fun for me to be able to test out new vehicles. And I live about two and a half hours away from my hometown. So it's always nice to be able to like, um, take a car for a little road trip to go to my hometown and things like that. So I love working with different auto brands. Um, I just worked on a campaign with Toyota. So that was really fun. Um, and then I also recently have been working with Tom's, which is a brand that I really love. They do footwear and then they also do, um, I just did an eyewear campaign with them doing sunglasses and things like that. And that was really fun because it kind of tied the more lifestyle and fashion kind of thing along with the entrepreneurship um, niche of mine because they, they were really focused on, um, they're, they're a brand that gives back. You know, they're truly a brand with heart. They have a campaign going on where you donate a small percentage for each sale um, or each purchase, purchase that you make to a cause that's really important to you. And I just love promoting other businesses that are doing it right and businesses that I look at and I'm like, someday I would like to uh, do something like that for my business. I'd like to own a business like that someday. So that was a really fun one. And it's always just great to support brands that are doing the right thing. Speaking of brands that have purpose, are there any brands that you've turned down? And if you don't want to name names, it's totally, it's totally fine. But I'm specifically looking for the reasons. Are there, have there been instances where you've decided you won't work with a brand maybe for ethical reasons or b- because you just didn't support the message? Yeah, all the time, honestly. So, you know, I think I, I think uh, you definitely have to be selective. And even when you're super, super small and you're still, I mean, you know, like I said, my in the grand scheme of things, my channel is still quite small. Um, but even when I first started getting offers, you know, at 1,000 or 2,000 subscribers, I was still very selective and I think it's 
still important to do so to make sure that you're really collaborating with brands who really mean something to you and are really going to be worth it because at the end of, at the end of the day you know uh, the small amount that you're going to make uh, to do a sponsored post especially when you're very small like it's not worth um, giving up a part of who you are or you know betraying your morals or anything like that or your values so yes definitely I say all say no all the time I try to stick with cruelty free cosmetic brands for example um I've been a vegetarian for like my whole life so I just wow. feel like that would be a big a hypocritical thing for me to for me to do um so I try to do that and you know I really I really do try to work with brands that are especially when it comes to the entrepreneurship and like the tech stuff I try to really make sure that it's something that's truly going to benefit my audience I mean with everything too, but especially the the entrepreneurship stuff because I the whole purpose of my channel and my podcast is to help people build businesses of their own, and I don't want to steer someone in the wrong direction. I don't want to be like, hey, yeah, use this website or this hosting platform or whatever it is that really doesn't work. And you know, a lot of these folks are just just starting out or they're still side hustling or whatever it is, and so I really take that very seriously. Like I. Especially for that stuff, but really for everything, I want to make sure it's something that really works. And, um, you know, ideally, it's something that I truly use in the beginning stages of my business, too. Do you find that being a social media manager and a digital marketing consultant helps you and gives you a leg up in your social media influencing realm? I do. I do just because kind of going back to, you know, your earlier question, I kind of am able to speak the language, if you will. And um, so I have that, that side of things. Just You know, I've been on the other side of influencer campaigns, so I can know really exactly what they're looking for and be able to speak to that. But I also think sometimes people, you know, it really depends on the brand, but sometimes brands are really looking to work with people who are dedicated full-time influencers too so it's just a different thing um it's a different thing you know i think it just depends on on what the brand is looking for but in general i would say that it, it's helpful to be able to know some of those marketing terms and kind of have an idea of what the brand is looking for when you're going into it okay moment of truth worst product you've ever marketed like you kicked yourself mm. afterwards. Like, why did I do that? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, there's a YouTube video about this somewhere. I don't, if I can find it, I, I'd be happy to send it to you. But um, I, this, it really wasn't the product, but it was, I have lots of brand horror stories. Oh, <laughs> like great. Working with the brand. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing that's always a bummer is when you actually like the product, but the whole experience was just terrible. So uh, this was one of my first sponsorships. Um, again, I probably had like 2,000 subscribers or something. Like I was very small, so it was super exciting to get an offer in general. And it was an accessory brand. Let's just say that. Okay. <laughs> it was an accessory, like a fashion accessory. I did this really like professional um, shoot I actually paid someone to help me with the shoot and it looked great and I mean they were like it was like every day there was a new revision that they wanted made 
Mm. Um, so I had to continuously keep, and I mean, I'm telling you, this was probably like a hundred dollars sponsorship. Like it was, it was, you know, the amount of hours that I spent on that campaign ended up just being, <laughs> I mean, I was probably making like $2 an hour or something like that. Oh my so, gosh. so yeah, I mean, I definitely have some experiences like that and they're learning experiences. I mean, there were things that I did wrong looking back, but there were also things that they definitely did wrong. So. I mean, the product was great, but I guess I would have to say that one just because it wasn't really worth it for me financially. Gotcha. So I guess, where do you see this taking you? Like, what is next for you and your business? So you're an entrepreneur, obviously. You have your social media um, consulting and, and marketing company. And where do you think influencing can take you? Because it's still almost like, uh, almost an unexplored frontier in many respects, right? It's because it's so very new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, my business and, like, the influencer marketing stuff, it really goes hand in hand. Like I said, I mean, I got my first client from a YouTube video. So it's kind of funny where all of this has taken me. Like, it's all been kind of unexpected, but I would say I would tell people about – 95% of my business leads come to me from YouTube, which is not necessarily intentional. Like my YouTube videos are for my peers. They're for people who, you know, who are looking to grow businesses. They're not for, for like my target clients, but they still find me and they still say, Hey, she knows what she's talking about. She knows about social media. I'm going to reach out to her. So it works for me in that way. I mean, I've gotten speaking gigs. I've, I've been able to speak at some really awesome events that they they've never seen me speak before they just heard heard my podcast or saw me on youtube (laughs) to get these speaking gigs um so it does all kind of work together and i just i really like having i i think everyone should have some kind of a personal brand whether you want to go full-fledged you know influencer or if it's just you know being kind of a thought leader in your industry or whatever it is, it's so important to have a personal brand that aligns to your mission and your values. And whether you own a company or you work for an employer, it's super important to have that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of just want to keep doing what I'm doing and, and just cultivating community. And, um, yeah, I mean, I love, I love making YouTube videos. It's so fun for me. So I don't see myself ever really not doing that or having that not be a part of my life. So what is the process like? So you, I mean, it looks, I know as somebody who's in news, you are on air for like a minute and 30 seconds, but that's like eight hours of work if people don't realize on the other side of TV, right? So like what goes into every YouTube video that you make? Oh my gosh, yes, you're you're totally right. I mean, obviously it's not quite as professional as, you know, being on the news, but I mean, it's basically a mini version of that for sure so i mean first first you have to get yourself ready which on camera is a whole different thing i mean i barely even wear makeup on the day-to-day but obviously being on camera everything's more detailed and you know cameras are so hd nowadays like everything has to be super perfect um so that in itself takes a while uh then you have to actually set up so i don't and i do this all myself i don't um, shoot at a studio or have an assistant who helps me with setup or anything. So, you know, getting your lighting set up, getting all of your camera settings, 
um, adjusted, uh, getting the background cleaned up. If there's any, you know, I shoot out of my apartment, so if there's anything weird in the background, you got to move that out of the way. So that takes some time. And then um, planning the videos, of course, doing the research, that's kind of just like an ongoing thing. I have an Evernote file that just has different video ideas. And when I need to sit down and shoot, I just kind of look through that and start drafting out an outline. So I don't really script my videos. I don't write out a full script or anything, but I'll write out just different bullet points that I want to make sure I hit on, do research if I need to pull stats or anything like that or screenshots or, you know, whatever that is. Um, so that just is all the stuff that goes into production. And then there's the post-production. So editing your video, um, doing more research after you edit the video to figure out what exactly you want to call the video and what's going to rank the best for search and what's trending and all of that good stuff, making a thumbnail, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then pro promoting it on social media, you know, scheduling out your, your video and sharing the link on social and making Instagram stories. And yeah, it's kind of like a never ending cycle, but that's, <laughs> those are the most, the, the biggest things that go into it. Do you ever feel like the world knows too much about you? I mean, because as an influencer, you kind of have to live your life online, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a very good question. I actually, yes, I I, I do sometimes. It's kind of weird. Um, and that's actually a big reason why I did the shift to doing more business type content. Because, like I said, when I started out, I was just kind of doing lifestyle content. I was doing a lot of vlogging, so just kind of sharing my life, um, doing doing vlogs about my life. And it did start to get to feel a little too personal. I mean, nothing terrible happened or anything, but I think just as you get older, I think it's just kind of a natural thing to want a little bit more privacy. And you just start to think about things a little differently than you did when you were younger, too. <laughs> I feel like I've gotten so much more paranoid um, the older that I get. So I did just decide to make a little bit of a separation between, you know, my personal life and my YouTube life. That's not to say that I don't inject bits and pieces of my personality into my YouTube videos or into my Instagram posts because you have to. You know, I think people, I always say, you know, you can easily Google the information in my, you know, YouTube videos or my podcast or my courses or whatever it is. I mean, yeah, you can sit on Google and figure out the answer to your questions probably. But the reason people choose me or choose any other influencer or creator out there is because you deliver it in a certain way that's understandable or entertaining or interesting to them. Um, and then also delivering that support and kind of feeling like you have a friend or, and I mean, building a community with people. So personality is important. So it is important to add a little bit of that in there, but I do think there's definitely a line. Like there's things I will never show and I don't ever show anymore. So how so how do like, you where how, where and how do you draw the line now? Right? So mm -hmm. where where do you say, okay, this is just something everybody doesn't need to know about or I'm just not mm -hmm. going to let YouTube into this part of my closet or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I look at it primarily from a safety perspective. So there are things that I don't show, like, um, I'm even careful about where I live. I talk about living in Detroit or Metro Detroit, but I don't 
say exactly which city or which neighborhood or anything like that I live in. Um, I don't ever vlog near windows, which is like a weird thing, but I don't want someone to be able to figure out exactly where I am. I don't vlog my car. Um, just, you know, any type of like identifying things. When I did work in corporate, um, I'm full-time freelance now, but when I did have a nine to five job, I never talked about where I work. Again, mostly from a safety perspective, just because I didn't want someone to show up at my job. So little things like that. And then I think from a personal perspective, I, I've been in a relationship, you know, for the past four years. But if I were to get in a new relationship or, if, you know, that wasn't the case, I don't think I would vlog about that until I was married, probably, just mm. because I did go through a breakup being on YouTube. And that was such a weird, um, it's, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird to have to explain your personal life to strangers. So I probably wouldn't do that again if I had to do it over. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel like relationships should be off limits when it comes to influencing, mm-hmm. but that's just me. Um, and yeah. I and I don't know. Like I sometimes my husband will do the podcast with me, and that it's a project that we started together. But mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a little different because it's not yeah. video, right? <laughs> it's different oh, when yeah. it's video, yeah. and as a TV and- person there's something so powerful about that visual medium medium and I get like why you would be paranoid absolutely and I feel like podcast listeners are so different from video viewers I mean I like I love YouTube is you know my number one so I love YouTube but I definitely you get a lot more trolls on YouTube you know a lot of Um... people who just will say like the meanest thing about you or your boyfriend or your husband or whatever for like no reason. Um, whereas podcasting is different. You know, I, I knock on wood yet to get like a hate comment or a troll comment well, that's from good. my podcast. So, what, how do yeah. you ignore, how do you ignore the haters on YouTube? <laughs> I mean, I think that's just it. You ignore it. I mean, I, it's so hard for me because I, I'm not a confrontational person at all, but, I don't know. I do. I, it does get to me. Like I definitely was like phrased to stand up for yourself. Like don't just let someone talk to you, like be, be so mean to you for no reason. So it is hard for me. Like when I get something that's really mean, um, I'm always tempted to like write something a little snarky back. But one thing that really helps me <laughs> is to write it, but just don't send it, you know, get mm. your frustrations out and then just delete the comment. And then delete their comments, block them if you need to. Um, I mean, I, I don't really block very often unless it is, like, again, some kind of safety type thing or something that's violent or threatening or racist. Like, anything like that, you're getting blocked. But if you're just saying, like, oh, your hair looks ugly, I'm just going to ignore your comment and move on with my day. You know, I think your comment about just write it and then press delete and don't send it is a metaphor for life. (laughs) It's like great advice for just ignoring anything negative that comes your way. And I think that's Mm -hmm. pretty awesome. Um, Final (laughs) thoughts. So for somebody who's thinking about maybe getting into the influencing space, but not really sure how, what would be your advice to them? Yeah. So I think, you know, it probably sounds super cliche, but you have to start creating content because you really are passionate about that content or passionate about creating in general. I, you know, like I said, I love 
making videos. It's a big passion of mine and I would be doing it even if I wasn't getting paid to do it. So I, I think finding that thing, finding that niche, finding that topic that you really love and would do for free, do that and do you're going to have to do it for free in the beginning. You know, no one or few people, I guess, get offered a sponsorship on their first video or their first Instagram post. So you have to love it. So find something that you really love to do and just kind of test the waters, you know, create a, create an account and just start educating yourself and really improving too. I mean, I think that's the thing that really takes you from just being kind of a hobbyist to being an influencer or making this your career is the skill level. So even, even when I look back at my channel, I'm like, oh my gosh, there are certain eras and certain times that I'm, I wish I could erase. <laughs> and I guess I could if I wanted to. Do we all? But yeah, but constantly just upskilling yourself and um, learning and, and watching YouTube videos about making YouTube videos and editing and things like that um, will really help take you to the next level. Awesome. And speaking of social media and YouTube and all things related, where can folks find you if they want to find you on social media? Yeah, so my YouTube channel is just my name, Latasha James, and that's my most active platform. And then for everything else, for um, my podcast, for all of my social channels, for my courses, my coaching, you can just go to latashajames.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Latasha. And for everybody listening, you can find us on social media as well. We are at Schooled Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And we're at Schooled. That's K O O L E.